Welcome to Inspiring Community, where we create a community conversation and awareness about mental health, substance misuse, and overall community concerns and needs. We share inspiring stories about hope, compassion, healing, and transformation that shows the beauty of this thing we call life. My name is Ida Siraj, founder and CEO of Inspired Arise. Please welcome our host, Drew Brandom. Let's be and start the change. All right, and we are up and running. Welcome everyone to the Inspiring Stories in partnership with Inspire to Rise. I'm your host, Drew Brandom, and I'm joined today with Miss Lola Sidibrinets. Can you please tell me the correct pronunciation of your last name? You you did well, Sidibrinets. Okay. okay. So Lola is going to be telling us her story today, but first we're going to go ahead and ask about something very simple. Where did you grow up? Many places. Oh, so I, according to my last name, <laughs> I was um, born in Ukraine, Kiev. Mm-hmm. Then at twelve years old, I moved to Israel, and then almost I was almost sixteen when I moved here to Saint Augustine. Ah, well, that's a very stark difference from uh, your upbringing. Then <laughs> Saint Augustine, I would assume, is a little bit different. Um, so growing up in Ukraine, that's exciting. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Like what is, what does childhood look like? Well, it was different. You know, my, my, everybody drinks, everybody drinks like the government shuts down for new years and it's a month before new years that they just start drinking and mm-hmm. then they drink through the end of January. That's what it kind of seems like. Um, my grandparents were also drinking, but my parents weren't. Okay. So I, I, they really took care of me. They were there. They are really good parents now drinking. So are there different age limits? Like, is it, is it more common for drinking to start any younger than, than elsewhere or than in America? For me, I started drinking as soon as I could like reach the counter and pay for it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So then what age would that be? Um, 11. Okay. Gotcha. And then, and they're just slinging it across the table to you at 11. Okay. Gotcha. Interesting. So, um, I guess in terms of childhood in general, uh, what kind of things did you do for fun growing up? Uh, well, I, I picked up guitar Ah. and I sing. So just drinking. Okay. Drinking guitar and singing. Now, now in terms of guitar, uh, you said you picked it up. So was there uh, maybe a family member that would play and you would watch them and then just try to mimic it? Or did you happen to, you know, get a guitar one day and, and just teach yourself? How did that work? Uh, my dad, my dad was a one man band. Uh, so he played like guitar, drums, piano, everything. And I wanted something. So I tried piano, but you have to kind of carry around a huge piano with you. Yeah. So I wanted something smaller that I could just throw on my back and go. Hmm. So now back to the point though, did someone teach you or did you totally all by yourself? And you said your dad played. No, I taught myself. See, I think that's incredible. I don't understand how people do that. I have hopped on YouTube and taught a chord or two to myself. <laughs> but outside of that, I don't know how you, so would you just kind of sit in your room for hours and, and just figure it out? Or is it even quicker than that for you? Well, anything, 
anything like that, that's a skill. You have to really want to do it. And sure. once you really want to do it, you'll find a way to do it. Okay. So, you know, I would ask my dad, like, how do you do this? And, and I would just do my arpeggio arpeggios. Uh -huh. I think they're called. Um, and then it, I, I don't know. I got a couple of books. Yeah. Yeah. Cause YouTube wasn't really that big back sure. then. Sure. Now it's, it's wonderful. Now I can learn how to play anything really quickly. Yeah. Now do you still play? No. What about singing? Do you still sing? I can. Okay. That's that, that doesn't leave. I feel like singing is, it's so interesting. Singing is so, uh, for me, it's so comforting in the sense that, and I know tons of people do this, but if I'm feeling very overwhelmed or anxious or something like that, I just in only in the privacy of my car, <laughs> but in the privacy of my car, if I just kind of start singing and it doesn't have to be any kind of like terrific song, it could be any song, but for some reason, the act of singing seems to like soothe me and kind of calm me down a little bit, but again, only in my car. So if I feel a little anxious, I'll admittedly go, go for a drive sometimes and, and do that. I don't know. Um, if, if you can relate to that, but uh, a little inside scoop on me. There. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a great coping skill. Yeah, I think it is. So, um, very interesting. You, you were in Ukraine for a little while. Then you said you went to Israel. Mm -hmm. Okay. So around what age did you go to Israel? 12, 12. Okay. And then how long did you stay in Israel for? Four years. It, yes. It would have been four years. Okay. And any, anything interesting kind of crop up along the way there prior to uh, coming to St. Augustine? A lot of soldiers. Mm. So that was kind of like a shock that there were just little girls, you know, carrying guns on their backs, like huge guns. And it was just a feeling in general of unease mm. and just being there. It was not, I don't know if it was in the air. I don't know if it was a vibe, but it wasn't, didn't feel safe. Now, what, what prompted the move in general to Israel? Well, my wonderful parents, they, um, they knew that something was and and this is weird because it's happening now. Yeah. They thought they knew that something was going to happen and they didn't want me to be there. Hmm. So they went, we were going to move to, um, South Africa or New Zealand or Australia or the United States. Hmm. And we, we needed to somehow get over here because the green card lottery takes 10 years. Hmm. Um, so I'm my, my dad is Jewish. Okay. It turned out and we were able to go to Israel. And then from Israel, we were able to get, um, he got a religious visa. Okay. And we came here. Interesting. Now, um, back to just the, the unease of soldiers and things. Um, I mean, is that a, like a 24 hour occurrence? It's just soldiers everywhere and, and you just have to get used to guns in your face essentially. Right. Well, they're, they're not in my face, but they're just around. And then, you know, one time, um, in the bottom of our apartment complex, every bag you know, people will leave or forget their backpack. It get it has to get investigated. So they get that little robot out and they get, so, so hmm. that's the kind of stuff that is normal over there. Hmm. Man, it's so crazy how different things can look. And granted, I know that's a, it's an airplane ride away, but it's, um, it's just so different from here. So different. Now, uh, you said you stayed there for four years. 
So uh, what prompted then the ev- uh, eventual transition to St. Augustine? Was it just the unease that was felt or? No, no, no. So the goal was to come here. Okay. But the to, to buy was, some time. Um, it, it was a way, it was an easier way. Gotcha. To, uh, as far as legalities go. Sure. To come here from Israel. Um, what was the question? I was just saying what prompted to, to get you to St. Augustine. So it sounds yeah, like it was part of the plan was, the whole, the whole way through. Okay. That was a plan. Interesting. Man. And that's even crazy too, that you can't just like freely, you know, hop around. Right. That's, that's mm-hmm. an interesting concept. Um, okay. So now you, you get to St. Augustine and you're at this point, you're in high school, I guess. So um, tell us a little bit about what that looked like. Weird. <laughs> So weird. I remember just, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a doer. So I'll just go through with it and I'll do it and figure it out as I go. Kind of like this. Um, I ended up having to be held back because my credits didn't transfer. Mm. So I was in actual high school for two months and then I had to go because I wasn't willing to go back to ninth grade. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to graduate when I was like 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went and I got my GED. Okay. Yeah. And then from there now, um, just kind of fast forwarding a little bit, obviously there's, there's so many more elements to the story, but just kind of what, uh, I guess along the way ended up bringing you around to inspire to rise. Ooh. Well, I started drinking when I was in Ukraine Yeah. and, um, that's how long it lasted. Uh, I'm now sober uh, since April 26th, 2018. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So, and and now I kind of like to make um, a message out of what happened. Okay. So I came to St. Augustine. I got in with a bad crowd because I didn't have to go to school. Mm-hmm. So nobody was watching me. My parents had stuff to do. And, and even if they were worried, they couldn't find me. Uh, and I, I got in with much older people and got into very bad things. I didn't know that there was a recovery possible. That's why I tell everybody today that recovery is possible. And I share as much as possible mm-hmm. uh, about my story. Like I, I'll be at my doctor's office talking about how, you know, recovery is possible and inspired arises there. And, and, you know, there are options. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that anything was wrong with me mm-hmm. until I did. And um, I went through rehab And I, as I'm walking, so I had to go through detox and then I went into residential and they're side by side. So somebody had to walk me over from detox into residential. And this lady, you know, I started asking her, so I'm still feeling bad, but not as bad Mm -hmm. uh, after everything. Uh, And I started asking her, like, how do you, how do you get to do this? Like, how did you get into this field? And she's like, well, I'm in recovery. Um, and I'm about to get certified to be a peer specialist. Um, and this is just an opportunity that I get to do, that I get to do. You know, I get to do this yeah. today. So um, ever since then, you know, I didn't get the opportunity to do it because even for the peer uh, peer specialist certification, you have to be sober for two years. But I, I noted that and I was like, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll do that. Now that I know that I don't have to do what I used to do, mm-hmm. I can do different mm-hmm. um, and I can do this. Mm-hmm. Today, I don't know if there is anything else that I would love doing more. Yeah. You know, the, 
matter of fact, I have thought about it and I'm like, no, (laughs) no, there is nothing else because I get to see, you know, I get to see people in their worst moments, in their worst moments, needing help. And then I get to see them wake up and it it does feel like waking up. It is a wake up. Mm. Um, And I get to provide that hope that they don't, they don't have to do it either. Again, Mm. whatever led us here, uh, whatever, whatever happened, it doesn't have to happen again. Now, did you, did you have, since you said you started drinking, uh, in Ukraine, did you have moments along the way where you did kind of feel like this is it, I'm, I'm done, I'm over it. Or was it really just kind of probably just, you know, slowly along the way you started to realize like, maybe I do want to stop Maybe I want to just be done or what did that look like? So I would stop if sufficient reason was given for me to stop. Like my parents were, were moving. I didn't know anybody. My parents were like, you can't leave the house. Um, I did want to stop early on, but I did not understand why I kept getting drunk. Mm. And that's back when I was just drinking and I would, you know, wake up in the morning, be very sick and telling myself I'm never going to do it again. Mm -hmm. But it seems like that is what I needed to be able to interact with people. Like that is something that was needed since then. You know, um, I have tried to stop like straight up. Just we're not doing any more drugs. We're not drinking anymore. Mm -hmm. And something always happened to where I was like, oh, that happened. So now I'm going to drink about Mm -hmm. it. You know, and I would make things happen too, so I could drink about it. Oh, interesting. You know, I would start arguments. Mm -hmm. I, you know, would do some things that people would be mad at me about. And then it's like, okay, well, she's mad. Now I can drink because, you know, there is nothing not to drink for because she's already mad. I didn't even think about that. That totally makes sense because on, you know, in other realms, whatever, whatever it is, um, it is easy to try and find an excuse to to go back to whatever the thing is. Correct. Uh, very easy. I, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Now, um, as far as inspired rise, I guess what even got you connected in general? Well, I started working in treatment after, you know, my first job, um, I was still in rehab. I was in rehab for one year. That's, that's the kind of a reset that I needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started working at Take Five Old Change. Okay. So I started there. Uh, and then I, uh, went and I started working for beaches recovery. I have, I have friends today. Yay. Like real friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was like, okay, we need a tech driver at beaches recovery, which is a rehab. And that's where my journey working in treatment started. So I was there for about a year and I started working night shifts and that wasn't working for me. Um, I'm not, I'm not good on no sleep. I can't, I can't do it. I don't know who can bless those people, but I can't do it. Um, Then I went to another, actually the rehab where I got sober Okay. and I, uh, they gave me an opportunity to get the certification, the peer, peer support specialist Mm -hmm. certification. It's um, there's two different ones. There's the CRSS um, and CRPS. Uh, And I got the CRSS one. Um, 
after that, that was not my final destination, although I loved the job because it wasn't a hospital setting. It was in the ER and we would get um, a, an alert from nurses, EMTs, doctors uh, that this person Obviously, they're noticing that there is some some kind of trouble, like either they come in as an overdose or they come in for liver failure. And I go and I talk to them and I have to make an impression. And, you know, until they are gone, mm. some some people that overdose, they're they're only um, they're only there for an hour or two. They just have to make sure they observe for a minute yeah. and then they let them them go and they mm. go out and get high again. Mm-hmm. So it's. Uh, it's very important, you know, to catch that moment when they're ready. And there, even if they're not ready, I was able to sit down and figure out, you know, just analyze how many times has this happened? Why did this happen? What is, you know, what is the way out? Do you want to keep living that way? And, and because I thought I did. I thought I this was my uh, my life. And to be honest, I didn't know about recovery because I thought the cops were using. I thought there were snorting lines off of their dashboards. Mm. I thought everybody was using. But my parents, my parents, I knew that they weren't using. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so after I worked there, I, um, I just got burned out at work. Mm-hmm. I just got tired and I wasn't having my needs met. And I basically outgrew that program. Sure. Um, I went and I applied, I met Ida and Marcella and I had an interview with them. They're CEO and mm-hmm. C- COO yeah. of Inspired Rise. When I had the interview, uh, I just fell in love with the logo. Yeah. Like the inspired to rise is a really great name. So, you know, I'm coming in and I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe I can do this. Had no idea what kind of beautiful journey it was going to be. No idea. I'm just so burned out. I want to leave the place where I'm at and, you know, I keep doing, I will figure it out later. Right. So I asked for $1 more that what then what I was getting paid at my current job as I'm, I'm sure I would have been able to, to make it through that too, because mm-hmm. uh, that's how I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, they gave me a dollar more. I said, you know, this is what I need. I'm not going to take anything less. And they were like, okay. So apparently I did good at the interview. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I started working as the first peer okay. at Inspired Arise and I was able to get the other certification, the CRPS while working there. And what is a first peer? Oh, <laughs> um, so I kind of, it's very exciting. I was very excited because I was able to grow with the company. So nobody knew we, we just got like a list of people. Here are the people we need to engage them. This is the referrals that we got. And there was no clear process yet. Mm-hmm. And it just developed as I was there. Mm-hmm. And we found things that worked and things that didn't work and um, basically figured out how to do things differently to be more effective for, for the people. Okay. And then, but uh, first peer, do they, is are they the first person that reaches out to, to people in general or, or. So, so, so the company is very new. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was the, the first one in my role. 
Oh, gotcha. Period. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So we've, we, we have, we have three others now. No, okay. two others, almost two others. <laughs> gotcha. For having somebody retire. I was thinking it was a, a label for some kind of specific thing. I was oh, misinterpreting. Oh, oh, I totally no, got like it now. Oh, no, like pure one? <laughs> yeah. Like the Roman yeah. numeral one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, I guess last, last, uh, question is just tell me a little bit about kind of what your day looks like in general. Oh, well, a, a typical day in the life. If you will, I wake up in the morning, <laughs> I meditate. Then I look through my three calendars, which is outlook, my personal and our EHR, the electronic health mm-hmm. record calendar, which is where our appointments are. And I get my day figured out and then I go out and I beautify the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, I found I am most um, effective with four appointments per day. And I go and I meet people where they're at. Mm. Um, So there is driving. I have I have one person that's in St. Augustine. um, And that's kind of good, too, because it's been a great trip for her because now she comes to Jacksonville Mm -hmm. and normally we're just isolated. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want to go anywhere. And that's why my position is is where it's at, because I I just come to you and we'll do whatever, whatever is good for you. Mm -hmm. It's all about, about the people. I I, I just really love this company and love what I do. And then, you know, I have dinner. (laughs) Now these four appointments, can these range from 30 minutes to an hour or what kind of uh, length of time do these appointments last? It depends. It it depends on, you know, my discernment and it depends on what they want. Uh, like Ort, uh, I, I go and I help, I advocate. Sure. Um, so I go to court, like yesterday I went to court and it took a good two and a half hours. Oh, wow. Um, but that's not like, um, as far as sitting down and having a conversation, um, to find the, the motivation to change, to, to, to see where they're at, that that's an hour and that's a regular hour. Okay. Well, very cool. Um, very fun to talk to you and I really appreciate you. Um, as you said, just do it, just moving forward with it and getting through it. Um, really appreciate all that you shared and thanks for being on the show. Thank you for allowing me to be here. No problem. Remember, you are not defined by your worst moment. We hope to inspire you to be your best self for yourself, your family, and our community. The belief is stronger families equal a stronger community. Let's be and start the change. Inspired to Rise is a nonprofit focused on holistically helping make the community a little better, happier, and healthier place. For more information or to support our mission, please contact us at weinspiretorise.org or via phone 1-844-WE-RISE-1, which is 1-844-937-4731. Thank you for listening.